In, in lightning. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with, with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. And Lakeshe Nadira, she's the Empress who tells it like it is. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. joining us for another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. And joining us in this conversation this evening is our sister, Dr. Hakima Jihad, Sister Akila Shabazz, and myself, Laki Shea Naidira Muhammad. We are extremely excited and we're looking forward to you joining us this evening as we discuss Black family, why do we have such a disdain and hatred for one another? What is that all about? Do you sisters get that? Is that something that you all have seen within your experiences? Chime in. All I think about sometimes with that is, boo-boo, who hurt you? Why are you mad? (laughs) Who are you mad at? (laughs) Who are you you mad at? What's wrong? So am I not the only one? Yeah. So why are we so mad? Why does it seem like, um, and don't get me wrong, I see black families coming together in this day and time more and more and giving a lot of love for one another. But on the flip side of that, I do see a lot of hatred for one another. I see a lot of disdain. And I'm just wondering, what is at the root of that and why? Why are what we? What you supposed to think? I I believe is, you know, that's all part of uh, of, of the enemy's uh, goal and desire was to break us and, and to reduce us to a people with no God, you know, no religion, no culture, and, and this the, our actions are the result of that. We carry years of pain that's been passed down from generation to generation, and that's where I think the anger stems from. We angry at each other. I mean, you know, when when people are, are are not happy, when you're not happy, you hang you angry with everyone that's around you. And as a people, we're not happy. So because we're not happy as a people, we angry, <laughs> and we we angry and we take it out on one another. So when if I show anger towards you, it's it's because I'm I'm angry with myself. I'm angry with my people. I'm angry with God. I'm angry with everybody. So then you started off. You were talking about the white man. And I'm sure um, some of our listeners might even have the question, why is it that 
it seems that black people who are talking some level of consciousness or wokeism, <laughs> if that's a word, want to talk about the white man and what he did. So would you say that our anger and our feelings of hate and disdain towards one another stems from the white man? Are we blaming him again for something? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there are, there are people who, who feel like, you know, oh, you in, in hotel black folks or you pro-black black folks got anger issues to it, white people. We have every we have every right to have anger issues to it, white people. Look at the condition of our people. Look at the path that it took for us to get there, hanging us in trees. I just read an article where a sister was hung down in Georgia. I mean, come on, it's 2018. Black folks being hung? I mean, not even. I mean, but when are black folks are just going to get over it? Huh. Do you, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm playing advocate. When, when are black people just going to get over some of the pain that you, the white man, has inflicted upon us? Let me, let well, me we'll get over it when justice is served. But go ahead, sister. When justice is served, then we'll get over it. But and justice haven't been served. Go ahead, sister Keel. I would love to hear what you got to say. I was going to say that. It, this reminds me of a, uh, a book by Dr. Joy um, DeGry, I believe is her name, mm-hmm. about post-traumatic slave syndrome. And I think that... You calling me a slave, sister? I'm saying post-traumatic slave syndrome <laughs> is what I'm saying. So now you think I'm calling you a slave. <laughs> I say post-traumatic. Post means afterwards. So... <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm just asking down, the question. Some people don't know what post means. Right. Mean post post means an after effect. So it's past. It's it's beyond. So the 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 slave syndrome, but it's post traumatic. So it's after the fact. And um, I see. So this is, so this is, <laughs> so this sister um, did a twelve year quantitative and qualitative research. Um, developed under her theory about post traumatic slave gen- syndrome, and she posted her findings. And, and basically, it's, it's, it's a theory that explains the etiology of many of the adaptive survival behaviors of African-American communities throughout the United States and the diaspora. So, and, it, and it's about multi-generational oppression of black people mm-hmm. and their descendants for centuries in chattel slavery. So you're going to get some of that residue, some of that left over. So some of that self-hatred is passed down. Some of that... Um, Anger. Some even to me, and I've said this before. I don't think people just like wake up and become Uncle Tom. Sometimes I think that's generational. I, I, sometimes mm-hmm. when I see people who are like that, I wonder if we trace <laughs> if we trace that tree, will will you know will they will their ancestor be um, what was his name in um, Django? <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I forgot his name, but the one who was played by um, was that um, Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, right? Yeah, are we gonna find him at the door? You know, so. But seriously, it's it's like that's part of it, and I think that it's a good book for people to check out to really understand. We talk about what is at the root mm-hmm. of um, of of the, some of the dysfunction in our community and the, the self hatred. And obviously, if I hate myself, how do I love my brother or sister who looks like me? So you're a reflection of me. I don't even have self-love. That's why I think, you know, when we talk about the root causes of it, 
a lot of it stems from self-hatred, but where did the self-hatred come from? And that's passed down multi-generational, where you've been beaten and battered. And so it's not necessarily, oh, we're blaming the white man, but the reality of it is that systemic racism, (laughs) you know, it's a symptom. It's, I mean, so we, we still suffer behind that. But it's not about blaming white people as far as I'm concerned. Now it's like where's the ownership for us? Because when you know better, you should do better. And we have right. research out there now. We have the ability, we have a, a, a level of consciousness where we're learning about ourselves and who we are and who we really are. You know, the same way we talked before about telling a black woman who she was, who who we are. Even, who, once you realize who you are, it's like we have to start dismantling that generational curse, so to speak. So how do you dismantle um, such a thing when it has such a chokehold? When you think about shackles. It's not easy to come up out of a shackle. You know, when you think about a chain that's been in existence for over 400 plus years, passed down from one generation to the next, it's not easy. How would one go about dismantling such a thing? Accepting Understanding who they are. Say that again. Accepting your, accepting your own and being yourself. I mean, being in a nation, being in a nation of Islam over 20 years, I saw the transformation of the black man and woman. I've I've lived the transformation of a black woman, going from a slave mindset to a righteous mindset. I've lived it. Why? Because I wholeheartedly accepted the the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught to us by Minister Minister Farrakhan. I wholeheartedly believed in it and I applied it, and it works. I went from that slave mentality to a, 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 a woman who accepts her own and be yourself and understanding who a true and living God is. I tell anybody, you want to change your mindset, take a message to the black man. It will change your life. And then Malcolm, Malcolm X, who everybody loves, they love Malcolm X so much. Study his life and how he, how he transformed. He was transformed through the teens of the most honorable life, Muhammad. Slavery was psychological more than anything. And so is uh, the transformation of the black man and woman. For us to be reformed, it has to be psychological. When you, you know, I hear people oftentimes um, talk about the slave mentality, you know, or being a slave. Um, And not to, to, to be funny or anything like that or just act as if I'm just, you know, ignorant, but I'm asking this question, what, what is that? What is it to be a slave or to think like a slave or to be an Uncle Tom? Because I'm almost sure that people who might fit that description, do we really believe that they know that that's what they're being and what that actually is? What is, what is it? I mean, what are the characteristics how would one identify somebody who's like that so that for those out there who might take a look in the mirror after, you know, being given um, these, this description, they can go about making a change? Well, one, well I'll give you an example. If, if your brother or sister try to do something good and you got negativity in your heart for them, you have hatred in your heart, heart for them, that's one example. We all have experienced it. 
from this from the, the 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 society in which we come up out the community in which we come up out of out of and out in the black community everywhere you know there's some hate going on we experience it every day if you experience that that hatred for your brother or sister when they're trying to do good then you know right there that you got a disease in your heart and you need to address that you need to get on your knees and pray and not pray to no spooky uh a spooky god you need to you need to pray to the true and living God. You need to be specific. You need to get on your knees and say, God, Lord, help me. I have a disease in my heart. See, we like to get on our we like to get on our knees and, and come with this this fake uh uh behavior. We want to come with this fake identity to God and think it's gonna work. That's why when you tell people to pray, they don't really believe that ain't gonna work. I know it ain't gonna work because you ain't gonna be real when you get on your knees and pray. But when you get on your knees and say, you know what, I ain't no good. I need to be Can I stand up and pray? Really work. Well, when you you can, but if you want to re- reach the ultimate benefit of prayer, getting on your knees is showing humility. Getting on your I knees see. is you humbling yourself. You get on your knees and saying, I, I'm not as I'm not as great as I think that I am. I am not greater than the than the Lord God created. I'm not greater than, than him. I have to come to him and show him that I'm not greater than him, that I'm humble. That I'm, I need to show forth that I'm trying to be his servant. That's the whole point of getting on your knees. I see. I, I mean, see, it's more but, to that, but that that's enough, and that's more to but that. Do but do you feel that our people have already been on their knees long enough? Because it well, seems but, like. But what? But what God are we on <laughs> our knees? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Now, y'all know I'm always busting to? out in song, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gotta> she <laughs> said, "I said, I know you're down. When you gonna get up? But go ahead." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to sing that, not sing. I, well, no, I don't think they want to hear me sing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to but, run but, folks away. <laughs> but, but to answer your question, Lakashay, it's like, who, you know, there's two and there's there's two entities that you can pray to. You can pray to God. You can pray to the devil. We pray to the devil, and we and we wonder why God don't listen to us. Who are you? Who are you? What do you to? mean when you say that, though? Let me. And, and what do, what does that mean when you say we pray to the devil? I. I mean, I know people who were will, you know, be extremely offended listening to you say that we pray or they pray to the devil. What does that mean? How does how does one pray to the devil? Well, you first and foremost, when you get on your knees and you, I like to tell people, praying to yourself. You get on your knees and you come with this holier than thou attitude, like you ain't got no fault. Oh, Lord, guide me. You know you know how people like to do when you don't be real. It's like in a conversation and somebody lying to you and you say, stop right there. You lying to yourself and you sure as hell lying to me. I need you to be real. See, when you go on, get on your knees and you have no intention to come clean to confess your sins, you ain't praying to, you ain't praying to God. You ain't. You okay. praying to the devil. You understand my point? I, I, I don't want to sound preachy. I just want to come hard because, you know, I like to come hard. I don't like to come preaching. We like know to you like hard. to bring it hard. I like to come That's hard. why your name is the truth. Hawk, <laughs> H-A-Q-Q, meaning the truth. You represent. <laughs> it's, it's all good. I don't want to get into a color issue because if, if, if I say, you know, the true living God is black God. See, the problem is our ideology of God is a white man. So of course, when we go to pray, this is what we visualize. You you praying to the devil? That's not even of your origin. That's not even original. That's our problem. And then when you do teach people, 
teach people the true and live, true and live, true and live. want to say is why I got to be color in it because color was brought in the first place. If there was no question of, of, of God or the origin of God, if we're made in God's image and we're the original people and we're black, that means God is black. That's what that means. So if people don't want color to be brought in it, then color should never been brought into it anyway. We never brought color into it. We, if it was never a question, black, po- black people didn't bring up the color issue with God. The European did, and he did that in a manner so that he can enslave us. If he got us thinking that we're bad and everything that's of God is, is white and everything that's of the devil is bad and black, then that's why we think that everything white is better. We think that God got to be white because if, if you have to associate good and God together. So if God, if, if good is white, then God is white. So everything mm, that we deep. get on our knees and pray for or pray to or the ideology behind it has to go to it. I got to go to white man to get it because we'll get up off our knees and what we'll do, we'll go seek it from European. Huh. Now I have a different take. Um, okay, let's say that. Some, sometimes I think that there's a song. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sing the song, but there's a song by this brother um named Eliza Prentice called Prayer. And he in and in part of the lyrics he, he says, I used to pray a whole lot but I had a whole lot missing. I had a hole in my soul. Mm. So when I talked to God but I never would listen. So I don't know that sometimes it's that, that, that people are praying to the devil so much as it is that that they have holes in them and they stay, they're mimicking the action of prayer, but they don't really believe what it is that they're saying. And so God could be talking, but you're not listening because you want to do what you want to do. And so, it, you know, and sometimes your prayers are faulty because you're praying for something that don't even make any sense. So <laughs> can I get a new car? Can you can I, can I get a can I get a new car? Can I get a new job? <laughs> and I mean, and that's okay. If that's do. what you need. I mean, you put that out there. But I'm just saying that I think that sometimes it's just that people are praying for things that they don't even believe in because it's just it's it's lip service. It's just work, you know. And so that's why sometimes people are like, well, why aren't my prayers answered? You know, and so well, your prayers aren't answered because you haven't gotten up off of your knees and you haven't went to work. Yeah. Because when you kneel down and you're making a request, yes, we know that there is a higher power, but we also know that God has given us within inside of ourselves the same capability of being able to push forward and move. And I believe that that's the key thing that's left out. We don't see ourselves in the image and the likeness of the creator that created us. So if Mm -hmm. you are my father, and I really believe that you're my father and you are great, then I believe that I'm great too. Unless, as Mari Povich would say, you ain't the father. So if, you if you're not, not the father, <laughs> if you're not the mother, then I don't see a connection with you. And I don't think that I came from you. I don't think that there's greatness in me. But once I recognize that there is greatness in me because I come from greatness, like we discussed in our inaugural podcast, um, if I know that I come from greatness, then naturally, I will begin to act as if I'm great. So in addition to 
praying and really just having a conversation, then I'm blessed with the mind and the spirit and the energy that's needed to help to force me up off of my prayer rug, standing up like a man or a woman and going to work. Because the work is within you. You can't keep praying for a loaf of bread and then waiting for it to be delivered. How are you going to pray and ask God to give you something that you're capable of getting up and going to get yourself? Now, that's foolish. Well, there's an African proverb that says, pray, then move your feet. So, hmm. <laughs> so it's that whole concept of faith without work is dead. So there has to be some action behind your prayer. And so if you're sincere, but in this conversation, we're talking about, I mean, being sincere, but removing the hatred, removing the mm-hmm. poisons from in you. Do you really want to remove it? Um, do you mm-hmm. really want to be unified as a people? Because we're seeing all over social media just one another. We're dogging each other out. Give me an example of what you we're mean. We're dogging each other out. I mean, just, just, just in terms of what we say. The black, you know, you, you, you'll see posts by black women complaining about black men. Black men are no good. Uh, black men, I saw something, is the, is the white man's tool. Um, then you got black men turning around talking about how white, how black women are not supportive. You know, uh, you call a, a sister a bed wench, anything. And I don't care if you feel like somebody's mentality is not where yours is, or if you feel like somebody is not as conscious as you are. You can you can attract more bees with honey than vinegar. You can't. You're not going to capture the hearts of the people by dogging them out. If you see somebody who's talking like that, I mean, you know, who who you feel are all of these attributes, these negative attributes, then when do you lead with love? When do you reach out to them to try to, to pull yeah. them up out of whatever darkness yep. you feel that they're in? But but talking about each other, all this back and forth, all it does is fuel more and more hatred between us, and that's ridiculous because how do we unify You make a very excellent point, Akila. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think what happens is when people get knowledge sometimes, you've heard about, heard the same things going to one's head. Sometimes we get a big head and our head has so much weight in it (laughs) that it can barely sit on our body anymore, meaning that we feel that we've reached a level. Because, see, everybody was at a state where they didn't know at one point in time in their life. So when a person comes into the knowledge of who they are, if you really understand the knowledge of who you are, then you actually understand that the root of that is love. Because we're created in love. So in me understanding and accepting my own and being myself and understanding the knowledge of God, the knowledge of self, that means that I understand that I was birthed into this world out of love. And if I truly love my brothers and sisters, and if I truly want for my brother and sister what I want for myself, once I have acquired knowledge, then I'm not going to be often or just constantly criticizing 
my sister or criticizing my brother or bad-mouthing my brother and sister because they don't think like me or because they're not woke, whatever that means these days. And you already or know they I haven't. I'm sorry. Huh? <laughs> you said I said, because you oh, already no, it's know all I, good. I, already feel, I already feel like half the people that say that they're woke are not. I think they're in that stage between sleep and being awake. They're hypnagogic. They're not up. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so you, 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 you in like between. Them. You know, you sedated. You're in a set, you know, and let's stop playing these games with each other because if you are fully awake, you don't have to criticize somebody else. You don't have to dog somebody else out or try to, to try to challenge somebody else's views. That's not what you do mm-hmm. when you're awake, and that does not promote love and unity. It just doesn't. And I think, yeah, and I, yeah, and that's why I'm glad that you brought that up because that's the difference, really, with what resurrection looks like. In order to really want to help somebody. That means that you understand where they are, maybe because you've been there before, and even if not, because you have you have an ability to empathize. And in you empathizing, you have a desire to want to pull your brother and sister up so that they can come up to the level where you are if you feel that you're at a level, you know, that's good. You know, it's no different from how you see people who come up in a certain community and, you know, maybe they hit, you know, some kind of fame or stardom and then they want to go back and get their brothers and sisters, say, hey, we all rich. It's a natural thing for someone to want to be able to have you to enjoy what they enjoy. You know, I was taught if as long as I have a bowl of soup, a bowl of soup, then you got half. Because what good is it for me to eat a whole bowl and I see my brother and sister and their bowl and their cup is empty? And I think that that's what's, what I see missing um, um, and within our community. I do see a lot of criticism. I do see a lot of what appears to be hatred to me. I do see a lot of us not showing love for one another, you know, genuine love. And constantly, you know, just beating each other upside the head with, this is the knowledge I got, you don't have none. But if if I don't have none, and if you're my brother, then why don't you want to share half your sandwich with me? The sandwich representing the knowledge. Give me some of that lettuce. <laughs> you know, I want to be, <laughs> I want to be strong like you, you know? So share. And that's what I do see oftentimes missing. You know, you're right on a lot to share because let me read uh, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 19 and I'll mess with a black man. I'm going to read a paragraph. And, and chapter 19 is first love yourself because most honorable mm-hmm. Muhammad say, you lying if you say you love everybody, you love God, but yet don't love yourself. But check this out. He says, one of the greatest handicaps among the so-called Negroes is that there is no love for self, nor love for his or her own kind. This not having love for self is the root cause of hate, dislike, disunity, disagreement, quarreling, betraying, stool pigeon, and fighting and killing one another. Is that not true and exact in 2018? We don't love ourselves. We won't accept our own and be ourselves. We don't love ourselves. And you hit it right on the head, like I say. There ain't no love. 
and, and because we don't love each other, this is this is the end result of of, of this dislike, this disunity, this, this this bickering that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad just just pointed out. And I, I just have to say this to our listeners: I, I I I wish I could just put take my eyes out and let the people see what what I've witnessed just being a member of the Nation of Islam, seeing an environment where. Uh, one is taught self-love. One is taught knowledge of God. You know, where one is taught that in this environment we don't we don't allow bickering because we're gonna resolve it quickly. We're gonna be swift with it. An environment where disunity is not acceptable. And when you have that type of environment, that 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 breeds self-love. You understand? If I'm holding you accountable, if I'm sitting in, us us three on the phone and we talking about another sister, and I say, hold on. I ain't going to let y'all talk about that, talk ill of that sister. If there's a problem, we're going to squash it, but we're not going to bicker, and we're not going to quarrel about this sister or, or, or backbite or speak ill behind her back. So when we start to hold each other accountable for our ill behavior and demonstrate that self-love, it becomes contagious. It does. Right. And stop backbiting, stop gossiping about each other. My mother told me, she used to tell me when I would tell her, oh, so, so, so um, came to me and told me this, and my mother told me, she said, honey, a dog that'll bring a bone to carry one. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> some people keep up now. Hello. They'll right, bring right. you information. Well, if they bring you information, then they take an information somewhere else. So you have to stop that type of stuff at the door, too. That's why when people, sometimes people will call me to, to gossip about somebody, and I'm like, mm, no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. Right. We have to it. shut it down. We have we, to the, shut it, it, it down. We have to shut it down. And that's really what it means or that's part of the protection of entering into a true sister and brotherhood. Because we look out for one another. Not that okay, you my ace and you my homie and you know, I'm just looking out for you. I respect you as my brother. I respect you as my sister, and I respect the hood, okay, the hood and sister and the hood and brother. And because of that, then it is my duty to stand post and stand guard and make sure that I don't allow anything to enter within this circle of sisterhood or brotherhood that will bring us harm and danger. And one of the most harmful and dangerous weapons that we have amongst our own and outside of our own is that wicked little slithering tongue. Mm-hmm. It scissors like a snake. And once it gets into the ears and the heart of men and women who might be victims or might be weak, it can wrap its little nasty self (laughs) around and literally suck the life up out of you. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful of the slinking devil. Mm -hmm. The slinking devil, in this case, I'm speaking of the tongue. But see, but it comes from the heart. What's on your heart, brother? What's on your heart, sister? Do you feel some kind of way about this sister over here, about this brother? The fact that you want to bring me bad news, the fact that you light up, when you find out that something bad has happened to your sister or your brother, then what that is speaking to, that's speaking to a disease Mm 
that's in your heart. Yeah, I mean, so when we when we think about that, we just have to be very careful. If we are our sister's keeper, if I'm my brother's keeper, then a true keeper is going to make sure that even when I fall, even though I might, even when I slip. So let's say we're having a conversation and we're talking and maybe we might feel that one of our sisters may have wronged us. What is the proper way to handle that? Is it to continue the conversation and continue to talk about, well, she didn't do this and she should have did this and she should have did that? Well, for one, she's not here to represent herself. So since she's not, let's invite her on the converse, in the conversation. Hey, sis, how you doing? We were all talking. And sis over here, you know, she has some concerns. And so we thought it would be best that we bring you into the circle of conversation so that we can all be on the same page so that if there's any misunderstanding, we can clear this up. It's not to have a secret counsel and be in a conversation and we're talking about our sister because that's not helping, right? So I think a lot of it has to do with us helping one another when we find that the other person is weak. Because, I mean, I have fallen victim to the same thing, being a part of conversations that may not necessarily be on the highest frequency. But my sister, when she sees that I'm weak, then it's her job to pull me back. When a brother sees that his brother's weak, it's his job to pull us back. That's how we keep the ranks of sister and brotherhood tight. And this is how we prevent the hatred. So when we originally started off the conversation, you know, we're talking about why is it that we see so much hatred within the black family? Why is it that we see so much disdain and so much ill treatment? And we understand it comes from the lack of love for ourselves and our brother and sister. But these are examples of how we can nip that right in the bud before it even gets started. And don't be afraid to go get some some help. Other and I'm, yes, yes, I, yeah, yes. We you know when we talk about some of the things there there are things that we can do. Therapy really is a good thing, and and we need it. Yes, I mean, we, we do. have to be very careful with the with the therapist that we choose. Obviously, I'm not saying just go out there and and, and get anybody, but. We really do. It's the disease of envy and hatred and distrust yes, that we have think of one that another. Too, that distrust. Doesn't that sound like something familiar to you all? What does that sound like? Like maybe that Willie, what's his name? Willie Wonka? <laughs> Just flown up. No. How about Willie Lynch? <laughs> Although some people don't believe that Willie Lynch was was real, but the concept of it is, yeah. Whether whether one believes that he's real or not, but what I will tell you is that the effects and the effects of the Willie Lynch are definitely real because we see it every single day. And actually, that's the reason that we're able to even have such a conversation that is even relevant because we see the remnants, we see the leftover the spoiled leftovers of the Willie Lynch syndrome manifested in hatred. Yeah, 
And we see what we see is what the sister when I talked about earlier, it's post traumatic slave syndrome. Right. We Absolutely. are we are suffering. And it's no different. People talk about PTSD. I think mm-hmm. I said it right. Um yes. it's it's it needs treatment. It needs right. treatment. And maybe it's not necessarily going and sitting on, you know, a traditional therapist's couch, but it is understanding that you are suffering from something that needs a cure. And we are suffering and we need a cure and we need to stop. You know, how do how you know how do we stop doing this? How do we stop mm-hmm. hating one another? How do we stop mistreating one another? We are constantly sharing things on social media that does not elevate us, that does us no good. It's like we take joy and pleasure out of somebody else's downfall and somebody that looks like you. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Every time something happens, and particularly with celebrities, every time something happens, you're sharing the gossip. If you share the post, it's still gossiping. You don't have to open your mouth and call me to tell me, girl, this. But if I share it, what's the difference? <laughs> that's your that's that's point, man. Why are, you, why, why are you sharing other people's misfortune? Why are you laughing at other people's misfortune? Or they get in trouble and we're acting like, our, like we're so clean and holy. Like you like don't I have no think. skeleton <laughs> that you don't have some bones that will come flying out of the closet when you open that closet door up. But you have the nerve to talk about somebody else, but that's because also misery loves company. So and You know, that, that's a good point. Our, our problem is it's the company that we keep. It's, the, it's our peers. We care more about what our peers think about us than what God thinks about us. You understand? We we more concerned with well, my I don't want to I don't want to I don't want my friends to look at me a certain way. So if my friends are sitting up talking about people, I might not even want to do it, but I want to I want to I want to be accepted by a group. And so I'll surround my the people that I surround myself is the people who fashion me and shape me. But God is the one that's the original uh, uh, fashioner, the original shaper. So how do we allow people around us to mold us into what they want us to be? I, that's something we have to work on. See, these are things that we got to go to God for and get on our knees and talk about. God, show me for who I really am. See, these are the things that we need to be saying when we pray. You know, be so shallow when we pray. We don't be real. We don't go to God and ask him for him to show us who we are to ourselves. That's a very humbling prayer, and that, that's a prayer that will be answered because then you'll start to see your ugliness. There was a meme that, that I saw on Facebook, and it was saying that uh, – no, I'm sorry, not on Facebook, on Instagram. And it was saying that people – it was a person looking in the mirror, but the picture of the person was beautiful. But the the picture in the in the mirror was ugly, and it was saying if people could really see their character, they would see how ugly they were. Mm. So when you get on your prayer, when you get down on your knees on your prayer rug, as Muslims pray on the prayer rug, when you get down on your knees and you ask God to show you your, your ugliness, he'll show it to you. And now you now you can work on accepting that. And now that's what you can work on perfecting and asking God to help you, to help surround you with people that can help you nip that in the bud. 
Right. And and see, that's a part of um, kind of what we mentioned earlier is being able to be sisterly and brotherly to one another because you may pray and your prayer is answered immediately because God will put in your circle. He will put those inside of you that, or not inside of you, he will put those around you who actually can help by correcting you. Because I can't see, you know, the back of my head like you can see. Oh, sister, you got something right here. Let me help you with that. But if I got a sister who she understands that she's my keeper, I got a brother, and they understand that's my keeper, then, hey, they're my keeper, then it's no sweat off of their back to make sure that they help me. And that's what we need to do more of help one another so that we can all get to a place together and no man nor woman is left behind. Each one teach one. I pull you up, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to allow you to pull me back down. So I, I don't mind helping you up out the ditch, but at the same time, it's me helping to pull you up out of the ditch is going to cost me to come fall down in the ditch. Now, I don't know. We're we going to have to talk, right? <laughs> yeah, we won't be waddling in the mud. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but seriously, it, it, the, what is it that we need to do as black people to start loving each other? And I think as we've been talking about self-love, is first love yourself. You first mm-hmm. have to learn to love that person in the mirror because every other person that you see that looks like you is basically you looking in the mirror. Right. Um, you can't kill people that you love. You know, when we look at violence, we look at the things that we do to each other, if you really, really have a serious love for yourself, then you're going to love those who look like you too. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it begins mm-hmm. with self-love. It begins with even with parents rearing their children in love, teaching yes, their children yes, yes. when they're here who they are, um, the greatness in them, love for right. who you are as a person. And I get it. You got a lot of people out here like, oh, I don't see color, and we're all this and that. But you got charity begins at home. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. Um, if, if you don't love you, how 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 can you sit here and tell me that you love other people and you don't even love yourself? Because they don't know so we don't true. know who we are. We can't love ourselves. If we don't know who we are. You, right. you, we as a people don't even know we the original people on the planet. I had, you know, right. I, it was a young man. I, it was a young man. I'm talking, you know, me working in the prison. Young man, red hair. When I say dad, he had red braids in his head, talking loud. And I said, young man, come here. I said, I, I have to ask you a question. Number one, why are you so loud? Because the person you're talking to is right next to you. Second, why you dye your hair red? He said, he told me, because I want to be seen. I t- so I said to him, I said, you see, everybody sees you when you walk into the room. I said, your melanin makes people see you. I said, look at the beautiful melanin in your skin. 
I said, if that don't command respect, I don't know what else to do. And he was so quiet. It was like he had never heard that before. He had never heard that type of teaching. I told him, I'm, what I need you to do is learn who you are because you don't have to do anything extra for people to notice you or to respect you because it's already there in your creation. Good we don't teach We don't teach our children. Matter of fact, many of us don't even teach ourselves. We just need to accept on and be ourselves. We need to read on who we are as a people. Our self-hatred a lot comes from when you're in elementary school and everything you taught about black people, we always subservient. Ain't that something? We subservient. Every time we open a book in, in school, oh, we always a second-class citizen. How can I love myself if everything I read about myself or been taught about myself is negative or I'm always in a subservient position? We need to stop looking to our enemy to educate us on our own history. We That's need to educate ourselves. This. We need to learn who we are. Go to the library and find you some books on on true the true history of black people. And it didn't start and, in slavery. I wish there we, we go. And let me just Back say like this while you while you make a mention of this, and this is no disrespect to any of our brothers and sisters who seek knowledge and understanding and have a desire to know who they are and um, decide that they want to focus their attention on African history and African studies and seek a degree. But think about it this way. How can you go to a university and the same man that put your grandmothers and grandfathers and great-grandparents in shackles is the same person who's standing there teaching you about your history. Do you think that they actually are really giving you a true sense of who you are? They don't have the capacity or the capability to be able to present to you or introduce to you anything about yourself. It will be much wiser maybe for you to consider seeking another degree in something else and then on your own going out among circles where there is a body of knowledge that's taught by your own people that can provide you with a direction of the so-called African history. But I see this happening a lot, and then what happens is you graduate with that degree, and then you find yourself not being able to do anything with it. And, again, this is no disrespect for those who do this because I understand why we desire to do that. But and I just thought I would share that or say that um, because you may mention. So yeah. what do you all say <laughs> as it relates to some of the remedies some of the things that we can do to help one another get back on the path so that there is um, less, I guess you would say, signs of hatred and disdain for one another as a people. I think moving forward, we have to be knowledgeable that that's present. And to think that, oh, that ain't me. It's all of us. I mean, at times I have to catch myself. Mm -hmm. So it, it, we have to all have to do a, a self-analysis and say, okay, what behaviors am I demonstrating that are self-destructive or destructive mm -hmm. to my community? That's one of the big things. We have to accept the fact that all of us, 
collectively are, are, are self-destructive and it's affecting our community. And once you accept the fact that, accept the fact that you are contributing to destruction of our community, it's the only way that we can fix on the individual level. And after fixing it on the individual level, can we fix it on the community level? Hmm. I'm going to say one of the things that I think I would love to see people do especially in the age of of social media and and sharing, is to stop sharing negative things about black people. Because the only thing you do is reinforce stereotypes and reinforce the hatred and the self-hatred. I would love to see, I think that's that's one of the things that we really need to do. You see a story that is negative about somebody, resist the urge to share it. Resist so no the Kanye urge. stories. Huh? <laughs> no Kanye stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, but we don't have to dog each other out. Resist the urge to 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 do that. Speak life. What is it? Yeah, that, you know, yes, if you're yes. gonna post something negative, think of something positive that you can say. To that about that situation, maybe it's not. It, it could be a negative situation, but you can still say, "Well, maybe this is what we need to do to help this person not think this way." Mm-hmm. Versus, right. Oh, right. look at this coon. Look at this so and so and so. Because we be ready to beat. We, we be ready, ready to, to beat you, folks yeah, up. Yeah, and <laughs> come on. True. What, what it ain't look. It ain't safe out here. It ain't safe out here. <laughs> and guess what? You'll be called a coon real quick if you say something that just somebody disagrees with because it doesn't fit into their ideology. Now all of a sudden somebody is a coon. And you calling people coon that's been out here doing the work in the community, helping people, and you have the audacity to call them a coon while you sitting up behind your keyboard. <laughs> right. You know, you're what a keyboard activist. You're a keyboard revolutionary. <laughs> Miss me with all that right. nonsense. What a cool militant. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> so just, but seriously, we can just, just, just think about that. I don't have to sit up here and dog out black men. Yes, there are some black men who do some horrible things, but there's so many of them that do the right thing. I'm more yes. interested in discussing the brothers that are doing the right thing. That's what you're going to yes. see me sharing. You're going to see me sharing the love for the black man, and I don't care about that sister that's angry with the black man because she got to say something negative about him because somebody did you wrong. We all have been hurt. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you make a really good point, Akila, because oftentimes what I see I saw this a lot. Well, I, I won't even mention some of the, the things, um, social media I was going to call out. But what I will say is this. I see a lot of us who are in pain. We've been hurt um, in many ways, and we allow our pain to cripple us and cause us not to be able to think clearly in mm-hmm. other situations. So because less and I and I know this is really sensitive, so I don't even want to too much touch on this and this is actually a conversation, another conversation with the Royal Empress. But let's say mm-hmm. I'm just gonna use this as an example, but you know, let's say that maybe I might have been 
taken advantage of, you know, as a child by whomever, whatever. And because of that, I didn't get the help that I needed for whatever reason. Maybe I didn't have the finances. Maybe I just didn't get the help because in the family, we just don't get help because we're supposed to pray it out and walk it out. And then I grow up, and now I still have that pain on me. And then I find myself in a situation, hey, let's say I'm on social media, and then something comes up. And then immediately, because of the pain that I carry, I begin to lash out on my brother or my sister, whomever, only because it's really unresolved. It's not necessarily that that situation has anything to do with me per se, or maybe it's just that I've been triggered because I didn't take care or I didn't get the help that I needed. We have to get the help that we need so that we can heal, so that when we do speak, when we do um, find ourselves in situations, our response is not knee-jerk or our response is not based on emotions. Because I see that so, so often. But that, again, it goes back to what you mentioned earlier, you know, Kiva, about, you know, healing um, and just recognizing that we, we need help. We need help. We're not going to get rid of hatred. We're not going to get rid of feelings towards one another to where we actually literally want to cause harm to somebody because they don't agree. We want to literally castrate and hang and lynch our own kind simply because we have a difference of opinion. The only way that we can actually get rid of that, we have to uproot it, get all the way down to the core of what's really going on, which we do understand a lot of is lack of love for who we are. But we have to get down deep in the trenches. And that's why we have shows like this. So for those who of you those of you who are listening out there and you enjoy this podcast or you feel that we are saying something that is of interest or that can actually help somebody, then it's your duty, beloved, to share. You know, share with another brother and sister who you think this may benefit. Just like you would share the gossip, share the good news. Let them know that, hey, you know, I heard something, and I think it might be good for you and good for our people, and I want you to hear it too because that's what we do as brothers and sisters. We want to share so that we can lift one another up and not tear one another down. And I just wanted to just just say real quickly too when you ask about what else can we do, one of the things that came to mind, and I know we – are scheduled to talk about this in the future. But um, what came to mind is that there's something, we've been blessed with something called the eight steps of atonement. Mm -hmm. And that definitely is something for another, um, a future conversation. But within the eight steps of atonement, we have been given a solution to how we might be able to handle some of the things that we discussed this evening. I would be interested in people also leaving solutions. Great, 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 yes. Yeah, you know, drop a message. Leave a leave leave something. We don't want to hear anything negative. 
what is a solution? How do you think we can stop the, the, the self-hatred and the hatred towards one another? How do we lead with love? How can we heal ourselves as a community? And, and I think it would be great to hear what some of our viewers have to say, and maybe we'll, uh, on another podcast, we'll read some of the responses. That would be wonderful, Akila. I think that is because we are all about making sure that we speak and we represent, you know, the people. This is for you. This is about you. So how be fitting. And it would be absolutely wonderful, you know, even to have somebody who feels like they have more to share come on the show. If you feel like you're an expert in a particular area or if you know someone and you're like, you know what, I think they would be perfect on the show to talk about this, that, and the other. Let us know. Drop us a line. So we'd like to thank you once again for joining us. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.